When it comes to marketing our regional and rural small business, quite often we focus on the visual and the graphics and the layout and the transitions if we're doing video, but we don't pay as much attention often as what we should do to the language, to the wording. And this carries so much weight in what it is that we communicate and the success of how it lands with our clients. Now, this is something that I love diving into, marketing language and how we can use words to articulate what a business does, why they're important and why you should choose them. But I wanted to collaborate with another I suppose, word nerd, uh, Martha from Word Candy. Now, I've been following Martha on social media for a while now. We're in some of the, uh, some similar online business groups on Facebook, and she has a fantastic perspective on words and language, and reading her content is so much fun. She's got this great mix of professional but relatable, warm, funny. The way she uses words to articulate what a business does is fantastic, and so I really wanted to talk to her about her thoughts on what she thinks about SEO, language, tone of voice, and how we can how we can bring all that together to write more successful website text and more successful social media captions when marketing our regional and rural small businesses. Now, <laughs> I, I knew in that from the outset that Martha and I would go on a few tangents, so I sent her some notes in advance. That didn't seem to help because we had so much fun, we wandered off on a tangent anyway. And so there's a big chunk of this episode I had to edit out where we took a big deep dive into like ADHD brain for small business owners, how much we both have a huge respect and appreciation for our husbands who both seem to have patience of saints, um, how much we appreciated having really strong uh, fathers and how that's given us so much confidence in the business space as we've gotten older and what we kind of see the business conversation lacking that we would love to see more of. Now it was an amazing tangent and I knew I would enjoy talking to Martha this much but I had to take that chunk out because I really wanted this episode to focus on SEO and writing successful copy. So I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do with that tangent just yet, but I would like to share it with you. So watch this space. You may see another episode coming up with Martha where we talk about the mental health and boundary side of business because she does have some amazing thoughts on it that I would love to share with you. If I can turn that tangent into an episode that's a bit more coherent for someone that wasn't there like you listening right now. But suffice to say, she's got some really interesting insights. And so I would really encourage you to go and follow her on social media after this episode so you could start to experience what Martha puts out there and hopefully learn a thing or two about smart marketing copy. Without further ado, let's jump in. You're listening to Taking Back Joy, a more than marketing podcast. This is where we dive into how to market your regional and rural small business sustainably without being stuck to your screen. I'm your host, Meredith Page, and I was born and raised in a small town full of fantastic small businesses, and now I'm doing the same with my own family. I'm a marketing coach, a mum and a wife, and I want to share with you everything I've learned and I'm still learning about juggling a family, business growth, mental well-being and healthy boundaries. Here we market smarter, not harder, so we can take the busyness out of our businesses. If you're running a small business, raising small humans, and trying to make a big difference in a small town, you're in the right place. This is Taking Back Joy. Could you please just give everyone listening a brief spiel about who you are and what it is that you do that's so effective? Um, If they haven't 
had the pleasure of stumbling across you online yet? Um, sure. My name is Martha Barnard Ray. I am a copywriter first and foremost. So I help um, businesses to communicate sort of the best of them in the best possible way using generally conversational copy. Perfect. And I love the emphasis on conversational copy because I think so many people come into like formal copywriting as if we suddenly have to put on a suit and tie. How much weight would you say that the wording we use does in fact carry when we're marketing ourselves, particularly in like the small business space? Um, I think it's everything because the thing that people are buying when they're buying into you, what no matter what kind of business you have, is you if it's a small business, right? And so if I can communicate in writing and it feels the same as communicating face to face, people really like that. So really having an understanding of like how you want to come across and then an understanding of how to come across that way just gives you sort of that that power to break through people and not break through people break through <laughs> people's expectations if it gets their attention <laughs> yeah just disarm them a little bit right so you mm. I find like a lot of times when people come to my website they go oh I you know I, it's it's a mixture of like professional and fun and I'm like well that's what I want right so they you become memorable, you become um, just sort of unique and you're able to stand out if you know how to communicate in the way that you want. And it's funny you mentioned the website thing because it's almost like people don't realize they're allowed to be conversational. And it's, it's funny because I do websites and as part of what I do is a copywriting component. And it's almost like when they read it, they're taken aback by it. It's like, oh, like it doesn't, it doesn't have to sound formal and if anything it's better it doesn't because like I'm not formal like it's yeah yeah it's it's about almost giving people a preview of what it is like to engage with you and so if anything you do need to be more true to yourself it's not about like developing a corporate persona for yourself online because it just sets the tone all wrong for when they actually get to talk to you and like, if that's what you're like, like if you are like a corporate automaton, then by all means, you should talk like that on your website, but, and you know, in, in all of your channels, um, but you know, you need for people to be able to follow you on LinkedIn or on Instagram or go to your website or subscribe to your email address and realize that they are talking to the same person um, and that that person is, is you or, you know, someone who works for you, who understands what what experience you want to give to people so that you know the way that we do that is by communicating in a consistent way across all platforms and and people do get I mean I feel like they're kind of getting over it a little bit like people think you know when they start writing their own website and they start to write like professionally they think that they need to write in a certain way but then when you point out like okay we'll go to like Apple's website or go to mm. any big company's website the way that we communicate online is with a conversational tone of voice, like from the biggest company in the world to the smallest company. And like, so you actually sound like an idiot if you're like leveraging your blah blahs, mm. like when, you know, you could just- Where is the forefront of our market with, against yeah. our industry competitors? Insert it's corporate like, like, jargon here. <laughs> yeah, you could just use a word that like people know what it means. And like, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> well, it's also like, 
customs like I come from like hospitality customer service background and it's also very tied to like managing expectations so and 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 subsequently like boundaries as well so if you've got a very clear idea in your head of the kinds of people you like to work with and you work most effectively with I feel like using the language that best kind of puts you forward as in you you not a made-up internet you Mm. it's then going to mean that you're going to be attracting the right people and repelling the wrong people before you even have to manually handle them. Yeah. And I think a lot of like what I think people like about interacting with me, I just, I want to toot my own horn for a minute is that they, they know what they're getting. So when I get on a, you know, discovery call or whatever, people are like, Hey, and I'm like, hi. And you know, so, you know, kind of, it's fine to like say swears it's not fine to not be a feminist. Like those are the rules of engagement. <laughs> and, yes. and as you said, it really, you know, that conversational, but also like communicating your values and, and just, it, it makes it very easy for people to go, oh, I know that I'm not going to get along with her. Like, so, you know, she seems like she's a bit much. So maybe I'll hire <laughs> someone else. And I'm like, okay, bye. Like, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, like if it's, you'd rather know, you'd rather have that person decide you're not good, not a good fit for them rather than you have to have that awkward conversation with them. Yeah. Um, but like flip side to being on the inside of that experience as the business owner. And I, I almost, I would feel like you've probably experienced the same thing when you kind of show up as yourself um, either in copy on social media and captions and the visuals and everything that you use. Do you find that when you run into people, it's almost like you just got off the phone with them? Like it's almost like the conversation you have with them picks up at a very different point rather than from the, hey, I'm Meredith, I'm Martha point? Mm, yeah. But I think that's sort of the case with a lot of, like, you know, if you go out for dinner with your friends, and you're like, oh, I went on this holiday. And they're like, oh, I saw. And you're like, oh, like, you don't know everything that happens. Like, yeah. So it did, like in one sense, I think sometimes we can steal our own thunder a little bit. But I do think that, yeah, you know, you you already know that you like that person and that you mm-hmm. have stuff in common and that you would you feel like, um, you know, you would feel comfortable with them. So it does kind of, you don't have to do the like, what's your favorite local sports team conversation (laughs) or I don't know what people say it does kind of take away some of that bullshit and then also like I feel that it gives me permission to kind of just not in like a rude way but just kind of get to the point like cut to the chase like what are we doing because we don't have to do this like I'm Martha and this is what I do and Mm -hmm. just kind of be like well you know this already because we've already been interacting over email or whatever and what are we doing and I really like that because I don't love I just don't love like a lot of beating around the bush something that I would really like to get your thoughts on because I have my own thoughts about this the idea of winning google searches because so I get and I don't get this as much for regional clients um because I think in the country areas, I think a lot more of our business comes to us via referrals. So like well-written websites, well-articulated social media really just substantiates that referral. But I do feel like most of it is referral first. Mm-hmm. Um, but so a lot of people, when they come to a website, they automatically think website rank well in Google. Like that's objective one that this website has to do well is to rank in Google. It's this very 
a benign kind of like what does that even mean term that they think is actually something that's quantifiable and it's really complex so what do you see in those kinds of situations um to be honest I am usually the one who brings SEO up um and this is like with agencies that I've worked with this is with lots of clients sort of at all different levels. I think that SEO is, I think SEO is important if you ultimately want to rank or, you know, rank for a certain keyword after several years of consistently targeting that keyword. But I agree with you that it's not the be all and end all for every business. Like if your website is more like your, you know, your virtual um, business card, right? And you're getting, people are going and networking and someone gets your business card and then they can just go and go to your website and go, okay, you know, this is a reasonable human being, right? Or for smaller people that live in smaller towns, SEO is not necessarily going to be the most important thing. But on the other hand, I do think it's a good thing to be seen to be doing the right thing, depending mm -hmm. on what kind of business it is. So if I'm writing copy for like a graphic designer or for somebody who should know that SEO is a thing, um, I'm going to be really, I'm going to be really kind of strong about it. Um, for all, because I'm an SEO friendly copywriter, I do encourage my clients to get SEO keyword research done and I refer them to somebody. They're obviously welcome to go to whoever they want. But I explained to them, like, you know, if, if, you've, if you've come to me because you want SEO friendly copy and you're not willing to pay for keyword research, there's not really any point because I'll just be guessing. You know, it depends what type of business it is. It depends sort of where their target audience is. It depends what their priorities are. Like we, I've written for a client that I'm pointing down the road as though you are like <laughs> across the road. They're just over there. I don't um, do that in everyone. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a you know, a medical um, sort of support agency. And I was talking about SEO and he's like, I don't really, it, like there's only one of us. So I don't want to spend money on SEO keyword research. And I'm like, all right, well, you're the boss. Like we'll just, we can just write it and make a really, you know, work with your web designer to create like a really great user experience and make it very clear what you do. But like, you know, if there's not competition, do you need to, shell out money for keyword research? Not necessarily. What do you think? Yeah, it's really interesting. I feel like I might be kind of tilted towards um, the kinds of businesses I've, I've already served who it is very much the website is the business card concept as well as the entry point and doing a bit of like the administrative work. Like it's like, oh, you found our website. Well, yeah. here's, here's a reason to join our mailing list or please jump on a call mm -hmm. with us or like here's the next step to take so we can ease the administrative burden in the business. Yeah. Um, but you're you're hundred percent right in that I think business owners should be willing to explore the idea of whether SEO is relevant to them based on their objectives. And I think that's actually something I notice a lot too is people don't like for me it's mainly websites, but it's like I need a website. It's like, well, why what's what's mm. your objective for that project because that's well what you're my son told about. me I need a website <laughs> yeah oh that's it oh, oh everyone else has a website I shouldn't it was like yeah that's that, that's great you probably should but yeah. you also need an objective for it yeah um or that you've got, you got nothing to measure the success of it against um mm. 
so like you said if you've if you've got no competition in town and it's just you doing you a that might that has that could be a time sensitive luxury you enjoy mm -hmm. so yeah. you might want to do things in advance to make sure you're cementing your position for certain keywords but if you're like if you say a restaurant and there's 10 restaurants in town well maybe you do need to think about okay well people that i want to do business with have a great deal of options um and the thing too i think that i find with a lot of clients at, at sort of that stage you know where they've never had a website um they're just getting started a lot of times people think like the website will do everything mm -hmm. and you know or they'll say like i'm doing social media um and, it, and it's sort of there's a real education piece there about like this is, you know, maybe if you have a good website and you do all these things to make a website that's functioning and clear and, you know, um, interactive and, you know, a good user experience, great. But also, you know, social media is like a thing. Also, mm -hmm. email marketing is a thing. And depending on who your target audience is and how you're going to engage with them, like you can't just do one thing. Yeah. Um, and I like I definitely am not a person that's sort of like you need to do every single thing, but I do think you need to do like two or three or four things well mm. to kind of hit, you know, people at different stages of the marketing journey. I hate that word. Um, and and it so I think it turns into a lot of that education. And I, I think a lot of prospective clients really do want to do this thing and then have their business be successful. And like, it just isn't realistic sometimes, a lot of the time, I think. Because a lot of people don't realize like Google, Google's whole thing is like, we give people the best search results. So as copywriters, we help Google to understand what's happening on each page so that then the Google can tell people, tell the right people to come to our website. And so if Google goes, okay, I'm gonna give this hairdresser in whatever suburb a crack, and a lot of people are bouncing, then Google's gonna be like, mm -mm, this, this person is not it. And then mm -hmm. you will stop showing up. So it's yep. about so much more than SEO keywords in the headings. It's SEO keywords in the headings, you know, appropriate descriptions in the images, a user journey that actually takes you somewhere from each page to the next, and, and something that makes it clear how this journey is supposed to go. And so that involves the copy, the site map, the people are following the thing, and then they're getting to the end result. And that, getting to the end result, book a call, whatever your call to action is for your whole website, that's a success. You know, getting, like you said, mm -hmm. getting people to come to the website is not anything. No. Um, and and that, that doesn't happen just by changing like the name of each page. That is a consistent, you know, sometimes years long process of consistently targeting keywords with quality content that actually brings people to the website. Like the thing is you can't trick Google. And, and Google will just get mad and like, stop showing your, your website in search, which is a yep. sad situation. Oh, and I love the way you explain that because I think people don't realize that you're right. Google's MO is to give people the best experience in search results. And so yeah. 
if they're better accurately match more accurately matching people searching with a good website it's going to meet their needs and like you said they can see that because they're staying on that website longer they're mm-hmm. going to subsequent pages the time they're spending on those pages is long like that's all these great signals to google like oh yep this person's in the right place fantastic they found what they want pat on the mm-hmm. back for us pat on the back for the website we sent them to yeah um, guys hey they're like we did it we got this person a thing that they wanted because you know as ubiquitous as google is like there are other options so if you are typing stuff in and then you're like i'm a, you know you might go to like i don't know bing i don't know what any other thing is called <laughs> google's and, obviously doing a good job for now because we're neither yeah, and, you know, is that because it's not the only one so their whole thing is like we need to unite users with the correct experience and we you and I can help them do that by making it make sense yeah I think um I think too we also get Google's actually getting and you'll obviously know this as well Google's getting very sophisticated in its algorithm like I remember way back when I first started one of the worst things you could do was like keyword stuffing where it was just like you'd put white text on a white page and just put slabs of keywords that no one could see but Google had to read because it just Mm. relentlessly read everything Mm. Um, whereas nowadays Google's quite sophisticated in how it will read your content so I feel like more and more you can write it to the person you're writing it for and if it's well written in that respect and if you really understand who it is you're speaking to what it is they need and subsequently what words they'll be using to find someone like you, Google will just benefit from it anywhere. I mean, obviously there's much more work involved in that, in that, but you can at least start from having a really good understanding of who it is you're talking to and what it is they want. Yeah. And I, like what I tell people is that I write words. Well, when people say, what do you do? I say, I'm a copywriter and they, their eyes glaze over. And then I say, oh, I write words for the internet. And then they kind of go, oh, and then I say, you know, like websites or (laughs) maybe I need a new elevator pitch, but this is just in like, you know, everyday conversation, but I may, I write words that are palatable for human brains and Google. So, you know, we need, we need it to be enjoyable for a human being to read this thing. And we need it to be easy for Google to navigate. And that's where like the difficulty of people just going, I'll just chuck something up. Mm-hmm. is like you know you're not going to be doing that <laughs> no and and because it is such a rabbit hole in and of itself to making sure your website reads well and is engaging and it's not even just like if your website's articulate and works for google it's also got to have a personality and it's got to be your personality so it's such a multi-stage process taking the client business's personality then how does that look like in written form and how do we make sure that written form leads potential customers on a journey but also is conducive with google and google likes what we're doing and then mm. it actually results in inquiries database signups follows on social media like when you think about how complex that process is and how many moving parts you've got to get right like it's almost obvious why people shouldn't be diying this stuff or at least if they've diy'd it then very much put it on your vision board to be able to afford a, afford a copywriter Yeah. And I mean, that's saying nothing of, you know, identifying the benefits of your service and, you know, realizing that your about page is not actually about how you like long walks on the beach. Like it's just, you know, anyway, but it's a, I work with a lot of people that have like given it a crap, which of course, like absolutely the first website that you do when you're first starting your business, you know, I really get that people want to 
give it a go on their own because there's no budget. Like you don't mm. have a budget to do that. But that sort of, I always tell people like, you know, let's do as much as we can at the beginning to start off, you know, on the right foot. I don't always tell my clients if they're first starting out and I don't work so much with clients that are first starting out anymore, but I don't say you must do SEO keyword research because lots of times, like, as you know, people's businesses change so much in the first 12 Mm. months or the first 18 months. And then, you know, I used to do like social media stuff. And then I was like, oh, I hate this. So (laughs) I'm just going to not do that. So, you know, when I didn't get SEO keyword research done until I recently redid my own website, because I just had was sort of figuring it out. And now, you know, I know what I'm doing. And so I was like, now's the right time to invest in this. Having said that, I didn't know like how to do it. So, so it's, you know, it's, it's about kind of going, what is really necessary here to communicate to the people that I want to communicate with? What can I do on my own now? And then what is just like, I just can't. Like for me, if Mm. I was running Facebook ads, there is no way that I would do that myself because I'm like, it's too boring. Yeah. It's like so stupidly complicated that I just get, I, I feel like you and I are kind of similar. I would like be murderous because I'm like, why? Like, so that's something that I need to, if you feel like, why? You yep. just need to outsource that thing. <laughs> yep. If you, if you feel like that your laptop would go flying out the window five minutes into that job, that's when you yeah. need to hand that job off to someone. Yep. Yeah. And like, don't even get me started on how Facebook likes to just change stuff for the sake of shuffling the deck chairs. And so you've got to go find, spend half an hour just finding the button that you need to do the thing to then get back to work. So yes. I will not be engaging in that conversation because <laughs> I do not talk about, nor do I enter the business manager. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. I, I avoided it like so long. I'd be like, can we just boost the post? Like it's just <gasps> there. I can just press the button. I can just boost it. And it's done. I don't have to go into no, the interface. Oh my God. I can't believe you're showing your face on this zoom Meredith page. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My name's Meredith page and I used to boost posts. <laughs> No matter how much or how little you're investing in your regional small business marketing and no matter what platforms you're showing up on, a website is a critical part of any successful strategy. Why? Well, on social media, you're competing with notifications, tags and cat videos, right? If customers are listening to the radio or a podcast, they need something to Google when your ad catches their interest. And if they get a friendly referral to a product or service that's just right for them, They need to be able to find out more, make an appointment, jump on your newsletter list, or maybe take advantage of an offer. A website can act as a 24-7 salesperson for your small business. Want to know more? Head over to my website, meredithpage.me, see what I did there, and book a free 20-minute chat so we can talk about what kind of website your regional and rural small business needs. That's M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H. P-A-I-G-E dot M for marketing, E for expert. And I'll see you in our 20-minute chat. Okay, so I 
very similar to you. You used to do a lot of social media stuff. And I very quickly realized from my perspective that the best stories for these businesses were inside the business and really should have been articulated by them. So I kind of got to the stage where it's like, okay, here's some templates, here's some ideas, some content ideas, but you guys need to get good at telling your story because there's all these little things that are happening in your day that are perfect for social media that if Mm -hmm. I come in and we set up a day, it's going to feel too engineered. Mm -hmm. So, but then that kind of, I think that spills over into this fear of, you know, I'm not like, and I say this a lot in my clients. Oh yeah, but you word things so well. And like, I'm not, I'm not as good as you. And like my grammar's terrible. And like there's certain industries that without sounding judgy seem to attract people that are terrible spellers um, Mm -hmm. or their grammar is just awful. And it just is what it is, but they also deserve good marketing. So without people feeling like they need to go and get a PhD or they need to be an English whiz, what are kind of some, I suppose, strategies you would give business owners, whether they're doing it themselves or they've got like staff that they're helping tell the story of their business on social media, what would, what kind of strategies would you give them to make sure they're doing the best they can within the capacity they have to make sure it's worded well? Hmm. Well, I think, I mean, there's lots of copywriting formulas that people can use. Um, and the, and if you want to think about a social media caption, which to be honest, I think social media captions are going the way of the dodo, but it's the same thing sort of in a caption or in a reel or in a carousel is that you need a hook. You need something that's going to capture their attention. You need some value and you need a call to action. So like very least you need to get their attention, give them value and then tell them what to do. Um, so that's kind of the simplest, simplest kind of formula. Um, if you're worried about your writing or your sentence structure or your spelling, I know lots of people use kind of apps like Hemingway and those apps that look at grammar. Um, but I don't use those because I like, I have an English degree, so I know how to do it, but also the way that I write for my business isn't, you know, quote unquote proper, um, you know, sentence structure all the time. When we are mm. writing conversational copy, we do break a lot of rules in terms of we use prepositions at the beginning of sentences. Prepositions are those words like and and but that we were told in school not to ever use at the beginning of sentences. We use, um, you know, we use contractions. So like don't and can't and won't. So I guess I wouldn't necessarily use one of those apps, but I know like a lot of people find them really helpful. If you are just really getting started out writing for your business, I would recommend writing down like a list of things that you know about your thing, because we kind of, we sort of understand that like the stuff that we know about our business, we think that everybody knows it and like they do not. Right. Mm, So when mm -hmm. I'm talking to people about copywriting on Instagram and I'm like, this is a comma and this is how you use it. And people are like, oh, my God, (laughs) if you think for every post, what is this person going to get out of this? What value are they going to get? How am I going to get their attention? And then what am I going to tell them to do after? So, you know, you can look up sort of like little like headline formulas using numbers using questions there's lots of little formulas that can help with that and those are also really useful on reels 
give people value and then say, if you want to know more about this, I've just written a blog. So go read it. Or if you want to know more about this, I am booking like these 15 minute calls. So go book one. Like, but mm. you, people need to know what to do. And then they're, they're much more likely to do it. Like if you just sort of say like, this is our hairdresser giving someone a perm, which yes, I love perms. Um, then you finish off with like, hey, have you ever wanted a perm? Ask for mm. someone to ask for people to respond or say, if you want to try something new at the hairdresser, book an appointment, right? Just tell them what to do. So I've, yeah, sort of given you lots of kind of little suggestions. I do have a conversational copy ebook that I oh. would be happy for your um, listeners to get their beautiful little hands on that has kind of 11 or so tips. And a lot of those tips are things that I've said, you know, you can use prepositions at the beginning of sentences. You want to break sentences up because when we speak, we speak in sort of snippets and we don't say things like furthermore when we're talking. <laughs> so mm -hmm. we don't say those things when we're writing conversationally. So it's, it's sort of about, you know, read out loud. If you feel like a wanker when you're reading it out loud, mm -hmm. it's wanky. Like, don't post it. I'm going to put that on my tombstone, I think. What do you think? <laughs> if you feel like a wanker, it's wanky. Oh, uh, look at copyrighted just died. Check that out. Can <laughs> that be the title of this episode? <laughs> How do you not write like a wanker with Martha? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's like, the difficulty again is like, you know, if you haven't thought about how you want to come across, if you think your personality is unacceptable in a business, then you are not going to find it easy to lean into like talking about your business in your own personality. If you yep. understand yep. that like you are a person running this business, therefore you are an appropriate person to be running this business, therefore there are going to be people who like you and want to work with you. Mm -hmm. you will kind of then understand that like, yeah, the way that I do this is fine. If your posts are riddled with spelling mistakes, I'm not going to lie. It's not a good look. So if that's something that you are worried about and you really struggle with spelling, there's obviously spell check. You can also get a proofreader to make sure, you know, it's all about like, if you know, the only reason that you're not posting regular content is because you can't spell. There are ways around that. You know, you'll have a friend or a coworker or whoever that can help you out when you start. And then that's going to be something you're going to outsource because you don't need that stress. If spelling isn't something that comes easy to you, like it's okay. Like it doesn't mean that you can't run a business doing something completely unrelated to spelling. 100%. I think it comes back to similarly with websites. It's like, what's the objective and like what and let's um and let's get a game plan in place so if I said it was like social media I mean I'm not gonna lie I'm not a social media expert like I try to show up as best I can but I'm not going to claim expert status but I think part of where people kind of falter with social media posts is it's like okay what do I want out of this what's the objective for this and I think too many people have like the similar to the website conversation I need a website okay well, what for oh because people told me to well that's not going to really guide this train very well similarly mm -hmm. with social media it's like I need to do Instagram well why oh because I should be on Instagram 
And it's like, well, do you want to start conversations? Do you mm-hmm. want to educate people? Do you want to get customers out of it? Or you, if you, if, even if you're just there for the sake of being there, that's fine. But then that's the purpose. Then it's all about personality, fun stuff happening in your business. And if you get mm-hmm. customers, that's a plus. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want it to actually be a lead generator, well, then you definitely need to have a call to action. Then you need to be educating. You need to edu- you know, be using your content to prep people for coming into your business. What do they need to see? do or understand in order to do business with you but you definitely need to have like not just tick the box oh I'm on social media why isn't it working it's like what's the objective and then working backwards from that you'll find that the content actually comes together better and then if you make more of a point of um, sitting down and planning it and then like you said outsourcing it to someone going okay this month this is really relevant for us Um, I've told my team to be documenting anything that crops up crops up they think it's relevant we've got this shared google drive or we've got a shared dropbox they've been saving it all to i'm going to send you the link to that so you've got all the raw footage from in the business yeah. no now that if you're speaking to like a social media va it's like all right here's the raw footage from us here's the game plan like you said here's the list of things that i know i can speak expertly on yeah. go make some content out of that and they will because there's people that are really good at pulling all that together into a dozen posts to go out over them over a month. Well, and too, like, I think it's really important to say, you know, I've asked my team to pay attention to this stuff this month and I have allocated four hours for them to do it. Yes. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not scope creeping their job on them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, and I was doing, I was talking at the TAFE last week and one of the women that was there was, you know, works for, you know, a medium sized business and the, owner of the business is like snarky about social media and doesn't like assign it any value and is just like oh you just do it and she's like well you know I'm she has all these great ideas I want the owner to do a video about this and this and this and this and he won't but it's like you know if you as the founder or the owner are not acknowledging that like this is hard and it takes time and skill then nobody else is going to like it, you know, it'll just become like a joke. Like, Oh, that, Mm -hmm. did you fill in the social media doc? No, like, I don't Mm -hmm. see my boss doing it. I don't see. So it's, it's that piece of like, what is given value. Um, And like for the businesses that value it, I'm sure you follow like the digital picnic on Instagram. They just value their social media people to the point that it's like, aggressive they're so good and they are doing so much work to um like raise the profile of the whole industry because it isn't just something that anybody can do and it's the same with like copywriting it's not just something that it's just like a set of skills that we all just have Mm. right so so if you're just starting that's cool that you don't feel confident with it there's courses you can take you can hire someone there's it, it doesn't mean that you can't have a successful business, but you do have to invest either time or money into that thing if you want it to be good. hundred percent. I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's a free platform. And so I'm going to immediately devalue any work that goes into making it work for my business. But like, you're hundred percent right. You can see the businesses that obviously part, like they value the time their staff spend on it. Um, like there's a clothing brand based in Noosa called Athletic Exotica or Exotica, I can't remember, but their social media is amazing. Mm-hmm. But you can, t- and like the energy that their team, they have about 10, 15 members of their team that all appear on at different stages. And the energy mm-hmm. they bring to those videos is 
amazing. Mm. Like I haven't bought anything from them in about a year and I still watch them because they just yeah. have fun. Like, and, and you can tell that it's a valued paid part of their job to contributing to the company's social media profile and it yeah. gets them results. They have massive amounts of followers and I guarantee a lot of their success has come off the back of a really strong social media presence. Mm. So it's like another case that if you're going to do it, do it properly and value the time it takes to do it well or just bam, just do bare minimum, which is fine, but expect bare minimum results out of it. Well, especially these days that, you know, a few years ago, even like when I started, it was a lot easier to, you know, post a, a something that's helpful and useful, right? And you'd get quite a lot of sort of traction, but it's, you're really needing to kind of put a little bit more into it these days and be on video, you know, in order to really get very much traction. And it, like, if you just look at like the number of views that you get on a static post versus reels, for most of them it's really mm. and the know, longevity too like yeah. i'll get people going back and watching reels that are two three months old and i'll still get mm. followers off the back of them i'm like yeah. whoa this is wild like yeah. so if anyone's heard all of this amazing stuff you shared and have suddenly realized you know what i would rather get someone who knows all this stuff inside and out to do this for me rather than try to muddle like this is one less thing i'm willing to diy any longer now that i know what's involved in getting it right I want to work with someone who can get it right on my behalf. What does working with someone like you look like typically? Um, so generally people book like a 15 minute phone call and then we talk about like very basic, what do you think you need? And in that phone call, they'll generally say, I need blogs or I need web copy or whatever. Um, and I talk to them a little bit about their business. And sometimes I talk to them a little bit about SEO and have they thought about that? And do we, like, we kind of, I try to work out if that's something that would be valuable to them. Um, and I tell them about like other services that I think might be useful. Um, and then I send them through a quote. Um, if they accept the quote, we do a 50% deposit and then we book a brief, which is like an hour or an hour and a half conversation where we talk about all the things like, you know, what do you want your brand voice to sound like? How do you want to come across? Who are you talking to? No, you're not talking to everyone because if you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one. What's your main call to action? No, you can't have 10 different ones, that sort of thing. <laughs> Um, and yep, then, yep, yep. yeah, so I sell, I do things like, um, I write SEO web copy, I write email sequences, I write blogs, but I end up writing lots of different things for lots of different people. Um, generally I send a sample so people can get a sense of how they're sounding and they can give feedback around, you know, how much they love that, etc. And then I kind of present the rest of it. And generally when you're working with a copywriter, they'll say, have in their terms and conditions sort of how many um, like rounds of amends that you have. And, you know, I mean, for me, when I present the first draft, the first full draft, they also get the second half of the invoice. So it, I just like to be really clear around like, they, these are the steps. People really like that too. Like, mm. and they kind of have an understanding of, you know, when you're, when Martha's going to be starting this and when it's like, you know, roughly going to be finished and when I'm going to need to be involved and stuff. And then sort of towards the end, we, I get their feedback, of course, um, depending on sort of how involved the project is, we, I might do like some training to kind of talk them through how to use the copy 
Um, and then I hand it off and then they just get regular sort of regular emails from me just checking in <laughs> and seeing how they're going. And so like I suppose so would you ever um, do like social like a, a batch of like social media content as well so that it all sort of flows nicely from the website like it's not like you're speaking for them as such but because I imagine like they probably see draft one. And it's like, oh my God, it's like me talking to me. Like, this is such a surreal experience. What else can you write yeah. for me? Like, do you do batches of, mm. like, um, would you do batches of social media copy as well to just like give them their bread and butter content? No, but what I do do is I, like my theory is if you're going to pay somebody to do something, you might as well pay them to do something that's going to last you longer than two hours. Right. So I'll do, say we talk and I'm going to do 10 blogs for them. Um, I do include a couple of social media captions from that blog, but then I also talk them through like, you know, you can turn any blog, you can turn into like several social media captions or you oh, that's can turn really clever. Blog yep. into several reels that like you make with your own face. Or you can repurpose this and send this to your email list if it's appropriate. You can put this on LinkedIn if it's appropriate because you talk to people in the same tone of voice on every platform. Yes. So I really tell people like, you know, if you're just outsourcing social media, it's not a good investment in my opinion because you can get mm. this sort of like higher level content, this like meaty content that you can then either yourself or like a virtual assistant can make that into other content. But no, I don't do batches of social media content. I used to, but not anymore. I love that. And I don't do the same thing typically for the exact same reason, because I'm the same. I'm like, let's make you something that's like, a, I call it like your core content. And how can yeah. we sort of pull out little nuggets of gold from that? That could be like a really nice quote post or yeah, yeah could this whole thing live as a caption or like an email, yeah. like a hundred percent, totally agree with you. And I think the more small business owners think like that, the more dependent they'll be solely on social media. Mm -hmm. um, and it means that they're thinking more about the story and the value and the message. And then the social media or the platform is really just the 10% on top. Like what little tweaks can we make to it to get the most out of that iteration of it or that mm -hmm. iteration of it? It's not, how do I write a Facebook caption? It's like, how can I tell a really good story or share some really good value and then stick it on Facebook? Yeah. And like, I mean, because, you know, our goal needs to be getting people off of Facebook and onto our email lists or onto our websites, because we know we don't own that content. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we can, we can break some really good content up into sort of bite-sized chunks, but what we're ultimately trying to do is give them, give us their email address so that we can actually have access to them. Like on Instagram, only on average, 2% of your followers see your posts. And yeah, it's really sad when you hear numbers like that and it's true and it's sad and how much energy we tip into that platform in yeah. and of itself for that yeah. return on investment. Like 2% is considered like good. Yeah. So, you know, your, your priority needs to be getting people off of Instagram. And, you know, that's a top of the funnel situation where people are just finding out about you and they like you and blah, blah, blah. But then you need to be you need to have something that's valuable enough for them to trade their email address for, which is like not that high of an ask, I don't think. Well, speaking of which, you're going to be supplying me with a conversational copy ebook, which I will link to in the show notes for everyone. They can start getting their head around 
how they can implement conversational copy. What else, how else can people connect with you if they're like sold? How do I get access to Martha? Where can people find you? Um, well, my website is wordcandy.com.au. Um, I'm also on Instagram at wordcandycoms and on LinkedIn, Martha Barnard Ray. But if you just go to my website, there's a form, you can fill that in and I can do the, the like, you'll get a thing to book a call if you want to have a chat. Lovely. Well, I'm sure they'll have one and they won't look back. Thank you so much for sharing all that. And it's, um, I'm really, it was really kind of affirming for me to talk to you about this stuff and realize how much of what's important about copywriting, that it does still live in the real world. It's not all technical and scary and oh, beyond yeah. people's understanding. It's just making sure you do due diligence by the basics and getting a really clear idea of who you are and how you want to present yourself to the world. Mm -hmm. It becomes a lot easier to, and I don't like this term either, show up. It becomes oh, a lot easier to show up if you are just being authentic and mm. like you're clear about what you're doing. If you're still in that phase of like, oh, I'm kind of this and I'm sort of that and da, 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 like it, it's just not as easy because no. you're trying to tell everybody everything when really you just need to tell the right people the right stuff. And, and a copywriter can help with that. Um, but yeah, can really add value, I think, in lots of different ways. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Taking Back Joy. Did this episode happen to spark an idea in your business brain? I'd love to hear how this topic helped you. So take a screenshot of you listening right now post it to Instagram and tag me at meredithpage.me and tell me in the caption what your big takeaway was from this episode. Thanks guys. See you next time.